You're tuned in to Positively Terrible. I'm producer Dan, and each week my buddy Scott and I discuss surviving and thriving after trauma. It's a journey that started when Scott, his wife's fiance, and her boyfriend walked into a bar. This week's decent human being is Andy Turner. He's got a fucked up story about his late wife's secrets. Settle in, my terrible listeners. Today's episode is going to be Positively Terrible. Scott. Hey, Dan. How you doing this morning? Man, I'm a little rattled. We've had some technical difficulties, but my head's in the game now, and I'm feeling it, pretty good about where we're headed. I, I hope it is. It's been an unusually <laughs> difficult morning. How many links did you send us to uh, get into the recording studio today? At least three. At least three. I, I think I got a fourth, but that fourth one might have been automated through the uh, the platform we used to record. But we got here. I, <laughs> I, I have to say, if I knew that I could get an extra five minutes of sleep this morning, I would have. It was a bit of a late night last night. Nothing fun. I uh, had to help out someone, hospital, things like that. Everybody's okay. Oh, Everybody's okay. But it just kept me up a little late and then uh, went with neighbor Francis after that ordeal headed over to uh, an Indian, not an Indian restaurant, but uh, the Shawarma Inn or something like that it was called. And it was fantastic, Dan. I highly recommend it. I That sounds right up my alley. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and anyone who's listening who's from the Chicago area, highly recommend it. I'm not even getting paid to say that, so you know it's true. Uh, but anyway, we have got Andy here today to tell us uh, a, a bit of a, a wild story, and I, I hate to even use that word because it's traumatic and all of those other words, but um, yeah, Andy, uh, how you doing today? Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for appearing. And and what are you here to uh, talk to us about today, Andy? Well, the reason I'm here, I've recently turned out a book titled Who Turned Up the mm-hmm. Silence. And what that's based on is uh, um, live just a normal, quiet life. Uh, just I'm just a country boy from Cedartown, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, wake up one day to the sound of a gunshot of my wife committing suicide. And following the, those events, I find out not from anything that I ever would have thought or, or wanted to believe is that uh, she was living double lives um, and had multiple boyfriends. And uh, uh, and from that, uh, my children's life and mine got turned completely upside down uh, from uh, from what they uh, later on started accusing us of and uh, and basically just, just changed the direction and course of everything for us. I- I'm going to pause here more out of just being every time uh, you've mentioned that to me, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. And Andy, I'm, I'm so sorry you went through that. And we talked before, and I think I told you that there's some parallels to my wife and her secrets. And uh, there have even been times where I've made the joke like that had the car accident she'd been in that kind of unfolded everything or unraveled everything uh, been worse. I, I've made the joke that, oh, that would have been an awkward funeral if her and all her uh, men 
uh, had shown up, and that's the way I found out. And it sounds like it wasn't exactly that for you, but it it sounds it sounds like it wasn't far off. And and it sounds it, fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, it, um, the way I found out of mine was uh, I started getting people calling and sending you know emails, which I didn't believe, but uh, I had the GBI uh, and uh, uh, the local detective sitting down saying, "Hey, do you know anything about this?" And uh, and I didn't want to believe it, but when they started showing me the proof, uh, that's when uh, uh, I realized what I thought that I had in that perfect marriage with the picket fence and, uh, you know, the, the, the 4.2 kids and the dog uh, was, was not what I thought it was. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Was your relationship uh, pretty solid? Did you think that it was solid going into this before you found out? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would have told you that our marriage was was per- I mean it, but we we uh we we had a show similar to yours that was called Couples and Coffee where we was giving couples advice. Oh really? Wow. Uh, very active in our church. Um, I had uh, n- no reason to ever ever doubt my wife. You know, I wasn't one of those people that goes through a, through a telephone, um, or, or or would go behind. I had no reason to to go do that. Uh, I I would have you know told you that she was the most faithful, loving mom and uh, and wife there was that's that's so kind of just I, I don't again i don't have the words i would not have said that about my wife uh, going into everything um so that had to have been just just an incredibly devastating i don't even know the words but let's go back to and just very quickly uh if you can give us some background like how long had you been married how, how did you meet her what how old were you when you met her um, I'd met her probably about, I don't know, 15, 18 years prior at church. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a, uh, you know, like somebody that I didn't know or somebody that I'd known for, for years as an acquaintance. Um, and she and I both went through a divorce mm-hmm. and, um, and had known each other. And so she told me, uh, Hey, look, we, we should go have coffee. And she's an absolutely beautiful young lady. And I said, I'd love to go have coffee. And uh, she's like, well, how about now? And I'm like, boys, get in the car. <laughs> no. And uh, from that moment on, we, we were never apart. Uh, we we wound up uh, getting married, you know, shortly after that. And uh, we we were together, you know, constantly. And it wound up being a 13-year a uh, uh, relationship, marriage, uh, that uh, I absolutely just cherished every moment of it until I, I found out what 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 it was on the backside then wished I never would have been engaged in it. <laughs> right, I get that. And you you mentioned kids and you also mentioned that you'd been divorced. So were the children or any of the children uh yours and hers or did they come from a prior marriage? Yeah, I have three boys from a prior marriage and then I have a daughter that was uh with, with Heather and I. Okay. And then how how long were you married before this happened? Um, we were together 13 years. Um, and you know, the, that's what was so devastating about it. You know, by then you're, you're rooted in as a family, yeah. you know, every, you have your routines, you have everything that you do. And, uh, and it was, it, I mean, 
again, like I, I've said, I, I thought it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I, you know, I apologize. I know you said 13 years before because I even reacted like that's actually pretty close to I, I was married for 15 when everything unraveled. So I'm, I'm going to try to stop pointing out all the parallels because this is about you and not <laughs> me. But it's it's one of those things and that is just so it it makes me feel good to know that I'm not alone, you, even though, you know, there there were some horrible things. But so the, the boys from your first marriage then, I mean, if you were married to her for 13 years, did they did they look at her as I mean, was did they have good relationships they, like they, they, they called her mom? They, they had a, a bad relationship with the biological mother. Uh, so they, they called her mom. Mm-hmm. It was very, very much close to her machine. She taught my oldest son how to how to tie his shoes. He's twenty one now, uh, so Heather was very much in, you know, ingrained in their lives, uh, and was mom to them. So uh, it didn't just uh, you know you think it didn't just devastate her her biological daughter. It devastated her sons that that she was raising was influenced them as well. Yeah, and I've got so many questions about that that we'll get to, um, but. You said you woke up to a gunshot. Yeah. Was the day of or the day before, Did were things normal or, or did you think, were you, was there something that was <coughs> off at that time? Well, I'll tell you what uh, what she did. And, and looking back now, I can see some handwriting on the wall. But at the moment, I just thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm the luckiest, l- luckiest man in the world. Uh, she called me. She says, hey, I want to fix you your favorite meal today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, a country boy. I like I like biscuits and gravy and salmon <laughs> patties. And okay. So she come home, made homemade biscuits. You know, I had flour all over the place right. and, uh, and, and made salmon patties and had my daughter uh, in there with her. And uh, that's what she did. She come home, made my, my, my favorite meal. And uh, uh, her and Lexi was cooking. And uh, then sat down. We uh, we ate it. And, and but we had again our routine. She fixed my plate. She would set it down for me. Uh, if I needed a refill, she was on it. She was very much a giver and, and, and would take care of me. And, and and I loved that. It made me always feel so special. And uh, when my my plate was empty, she refilled it. And when it was over, Lexi uh, she liked doing pottery. She had a little pottery wheel. Mm-hmm. And we sat there. We, we had we were sharing a bottle of wine. And was watching. And, and Heather made that comment. She said, "Look at that little monster we created." <laughs> And uh, we sat there for a long time. And then when I got up to clear the dishes to, to put them in the sink, Heather jumped on my back. So I started running around the island like, like giving her, a, like, like I was a horse. She was spanking me saying, giddy up. <laughs> so I'm running around the island. And then the, the way that it connected, our living room and dining room went way into the, uh, um, it, it was long. It's kind of L-shaped. So I'm running and my daughter's filming us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going way down in the back and, uh, uh, you know, I, after doing that a few minutes, well, I'm not, I'm not a young man anymore. So after a little while, it, uh, it starts cranking on them old knees and that old back. Uh, I'm, wanting to, I'm wanting to quit. And Heather's saying, no, get it up, get it up. Keep going. Uh, we, uh, when we turned around and looked, Lexi had filmed every bit of this. And, uh, um, my, this entire book is co-authored with the children and I, uh, all, all four of the kids and me, it's, uh, and, 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 and my current wife, we, uh, we wrote all this as a conglomerate and Lexi's chapter in that, who's our daughter, uh, that, that chapter was titled if I'd only known. And, uh, and she wrote that and, and I sat and I watched her just 
pouring out her emotions. If I'd only known this is the last time I'd seen my parents together, um, I would want it to last longer. So I thought about it. If I'd only known why she had fixed my favorite meal on what she was planning, I'd ate thirds. Uh, I'd made that, that glass of wine last a little bit longer. You know, if, if I would only known that when I woke up the next morning that that hell was about to meet me at the door, I would I would have I would have gave that that, that that horsey ride a little bit longer. You know, I, I wasn't worried about that back curtain or those knees. I would I would have stayed in this moment a little bit longer because when it changed the next morning, it was not the world that I had signed up for. Yeah, and I do have a question about that. I was going to ask this. This was in my head already because I've got feelings of my own, but are the memories like that still good? Um, no, um, okay. they, they, they have changed through, through the years. Uh, and, and that's sad to say, um, and the, the memories has gone to a, uh, to a bitterness and, uh, and a hurt because over, over the last six and a half years, um, uh, since, since she's gone, uh, the, the literal hell that we've gone through from, the death threats to, uh, um, I think we're at like 48 tires being cut, uh, to oh be in a, to, to being assaulted, my kids being assaulted, uh, having to have security for my children, uh, our house being spray painted with murder across the front of it. Uh, from all of that stuff, I look at her because if it just happens to me, I'm a, I'm a grown man. I, I can take it. But when I see my kids crying, when mm -hmm. I see my kids' lives, uh, turned upside down. When I when I see my my kids having to struggle at school and, and coaches looking at them and and they going from star athletes to now not playing all because of the the community effect. Um, yeah, I, I don't look at her the same as I did. I don't have the warm fuzzy feeling of love now. There's a bitterness that that's grown inside of me. Okay, and I can understand that. And do you have? Are there? memories that you have that you've been able to pull yourself out from or pull her out from? I mean, are there things that maybe you did together that you still feel like they're your memories and she's not going to take any of those from you? Well, yeah, there's a lot of holidays. Uh, you know, when we used to go into a restaurant, uh, like even with the kids, we've been in the same restaurant so many times, you know, you got the same table, the same booth that mm -hmm. you sit in. Uh, we've changed those. Um, we we've sold the house. We we bought some land. Uh, I've remarried. Uh, I've I, I've moved on with life to to find a new norm. Mm -hmm. um, but when I, when you think back, of course, there's there's always crossovers and there's those crossroads. Uh, when we were putting up a Christmas tree, um, we we do on the first. There's Halloween and there's Christmas. You know, the very next. Day. <laughs> uh, my daughter my daughter had a breakdown uh, this yeah. year like just a couple of days ago. And she started crying because Heather was always the, the life of the party. She had that huge personality. She'd wear an elf outfit that had bells on her feet. And she'd annoy the <laughs> crap out of you, shaking her feet and singing and playing music. But there was such an energy that she brought. So we're decorating the tree and it was kind of mundane. And it was yeah. quiet. And Lexi's like, it's just not the same. And uh, when, when I see my daughter crying, you know, that you get that crossover, what, what it was and what it is. And then what we, so I told her, I was like, baby, you need to bring that back. You've got her in you. You go put on them annoying shoes. You, <laughs> you, you know, Andy, 
I, I think you should put on the annoying sh- shoes personally. I want to see you. I, I'm picturing, are they curled, the tips curled with yeah. bells on the end? Or something? Okay, okay. Yeah, I want to see you wearing those shoes. That that, yeah. that Next Christmas, I expect that. I'll send you a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know that I've asked a couple of questions. We're going in that direction, and you gave her the 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 ride around the house, and that was the last normal night yeah. for, well, I was, I was going to say for your relationship, but it sounds like probably the last normal night of, of your life even. Well, um, even that night, she kept me up uh, till, till late, just husband and wife time. I mean, it was like stuff in the movie. She made sure that it was special. Um, so <laughs> she, she, she knew in her mind what she was doing. Uh, now, I had no idea that she was fixing my meal and wanted to make sure that, that I had these memories because of what she was planning ahead because her, her world was crumbling down on her. All, all the guys had gotten the feels and, and, uh, and, and things was, we're about to find out. Uh, she's yeah. about to lose her job. Uh, so, uh, because of the men. And oh, wow. so she, she knew that she was caught. Uh, so she, she wanted to give me that. So, uh, that was the last normal day that we had for for years yeah so you woke up yeah the sound of a gunshot i fell asleep and uh and i woke up and you know what it's like when, when you wake up um you're you're, you're not you're not 100 percent coherent i i feel that way right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I understand uh this particular morning we, we had a a spring-loaded uh, like shampoo holder in uh, in the shower, mm-hmm. and um, I, it would fall down sometimes. Shampoo bottles get knocked off, um, so I wake up to a noise, and uh, and I turn off the bed, and I think, well, she's fell in the shower. She's she's knocked that over. You mm-hmm. know, so I, I don't have my my full senses yet. And then I look, and there's a there's a dark because Lexi had fell asleep on the couch in the living room. It was right adjacent to ours. So I'm going into the bathroom. I'm moving now and she's moving and we meet at the door at the same time because we hear the same noise. Uh-huh. I turn the doorknob and when I push the, 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 the bathroom door open, now Lexi's small. So she's, she's at the counter level. So she sees her mom's feet, but I can see over the counter and I, I, I see the awful part. Uh, I, I see the gun I, and I see what I don't want my daughter to see. And my daughter sees her mom's legs. So I grab her and I hug her and I just fall back on the floor. And, and I, I mean, it, it's hitting me. What, what, what the noise was, was not something falling in a shower. It wasn't, the noise was that gun. And it's all just flooding me. And all I could say was, God, no, no. So I pick my daughter up and I, I, I carry her and I set her down on the couch. I said, don't get up. Do not get up. And uh, I call my parents. I call 911. And I go back in to then try to start resuscitating her. And uh, nobody should ever see what I saw. Somebody that, I mean, you shouldn't see it from a stranger, somebody you don't know, but somebody that you love, you're married to, that's your best friend. That's a sight you should, your eyes should never see because you can't unsee it. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I, when we recorded one episode with my mom, actually, she found her friend in that state um, stabs though and 
Lucky for her, she has erased that memory. She cannot remember exactly what things looked like. And I assume that one of two things happened. You 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 lose it, you don't remember, or it's burned into your brain. And is this something that you still see in your head sometimes? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's something that I'll, that'll ever leave. Uh, for years, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming no uh my, my matter of fact uh for for six straight months uh my children and i would sleep in the bed we would sleep in the floor on a pallet where we could all touch each other to have the comfort of family and we would wake up crying but i would wake up screaming that and my son my oldest one i mean he's become more of a parent as soon as i start making noises he'd shake me to wake me up to get the nightmare out of my head um but i, I would still dream that even today um uh, and uh, you know, I hope one day it dissipates. Yeah. I, I again, I, I, the only words that I want to say over and over are, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And I'm so sorry that, that you had to see that and go through, through that. So the, the, I mean, I, obviously things aren't going to be normal after a traumatic event like that, but how long did you have in the, what I would call normal grieving process before you started learning that, oh, there's, there's more here that I didn't know about? Um, it was extremely, extremely fast when, uh, we got the breath knocked out of us. Um, we, we had the funeral, the, the funeral, I want to say is, uh, four or five days, uh, yeah. normal time because, uh, in in state of Georgia, uh, anytime there's a death like that, you go to the medical examiner. Medical examiner gets the body. They release it to the funeral home. The medical examiner done everything that they needed. Um, when when I came out of that that bathroom that day, I, I was met with the detectives that done the, the gunshot residue. I I got checked. I had to be. I had to stand naked and take yes. photos, which I just lost my wife, and I'm 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 subjected to this, and 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 being humiliated while I. I'm I'm still trying to go through this process, um, so that that alone was difficult. Yeah, we we had the funeral. Uh, the, the, the detective left that morning said it's an obvious case of suicide. She left a note. Um, we go to the funeral home. We come back day after the funeral. Um, I get a knock on the door, and uh, then there's a search warrant because. Uh, boyfriend said well she was going to come live with me there's a lawyer that he'd given her the keys to her house well she was going to come live with me all these men said she's going to come live with them it was uh it was about 10 uh and so well there's no way she killed herself she's come to live with me she's perfectly happy had to be her husband and uh, then they started putting it out taking it to social media started calling my my job I uh, started calling everybody I knew, any of my friends. If I would have been having dinner with one of you guys, just sitting out at a restaurant, uh, they'd call defects to you. Uh, if you got children, and be like, hey, you put your kids in jeopardy now uh, because you got them with a, with a murderer. And started putting it out there. Had no no qualms at all, uh, slandering, defaming me. You, I mean, calling me a murderer point blank. And uh, so I had to I had to start suing people, and uh, then they, they bankrupted it, and uh, you know get nothing out of it, and then they go right back to doing it again. So I mean, we spent like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and they just kept 
kept doing this. And my lawyer just said, just be quiet. Just sit in the silence. Be quiet. Yeah. And um, so that, that was my direction for six years. Yeah, that's got to be hard. When, when, so I'm sorry. And I, I don't know who you said. A, you said the the police came? Yeah. After. The police came and, the warrant because they were, they were getting phone calls. They were getting phone calls from anonymous people, which uh, we know now uh, very clearly that it was from the boyfriends and then they were, they were going to her family. And so, um, and what they were saying was, look, I've got these notes where she said she loved me. She was going to move in my house. They've got multiple men that she was going to move in with that, uh, that are now calling the sheriff's department saying, look, something don't, doesn't feel right here because here's where she said she's coming to live with me. And uh, well, okay. so the police said, well, we'll look into this. So they came back with a search warrant. Stripped out the house, took my kids' Nintendos, all of our Alexas. They took everything. Uh, still, have never got those back. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I'm I'm never I've never named a suspect. I've done nothing, nothing you know ever come come of this. But those people decided to now we're going to make life hell for him. So they took the social media, um, uh, done these campaigns just to try to destroy me. Um, then, uh, I, I had to declare bankruptcy two different times because of it, because they kept calling my, my, my job and, uh, and all it takes is for one person to be uncomfortable for HR to let you go. It does, does not matter what, what kind of jobs you've done, what kind of numbers you produce. If one person says, look, I don't feel comfortable. I, you know, they're saying this about him. You're gone. Wow. And I mean, I'm just sitting here like losing your wife and, Finding out that things were not what you thought they were wasn't even enough for these people. Oh. Do you do you think that they actually believed you had played a part in it, or I don't, did they have a hate for you, or or what? I think it was the the, the hatred or or the loss. So they didn't like what happened. You know, hey, look, she killed herself. I don't like that because now I, I thought I was going to have a future with this woman. Well, hell, we didn't like it either. You know, there kids that didn't like it either, and uh, now we're we're grieving, and now we're we're finding out this we're not liking all of it. Um, there may be some that actually thought that. Uh, I you know, I have no idea. You know what what twisted, what she told people. You know, when a woman's having an affair, she she says crazy things, uh, and so what some of them said was that I was an awful husband, that I was mean to her. Um, which that, that hurts me even more because, you know, that wasn't our home. We had a, we had a, a, a beautiful home. Uh, so I think some of them may have believed the stuff that she was telling them because she was getting money from them and empathy. And, uh, one guy was going to buy her a car and a house. Um, and so she was, she was playing these guys. Yeah. <clears throat> the worst part of it, um, for me is when, um, in one day there was over 300 calls into defects because they had set up this website and telling people what to call and they would start private messaging and the people's calling defects that never, never met us. Didn't, didn't know me, didn't know my wife or my kids, but they're reading a script that, I, that now I, now I'm abusing my kids. I'm molesting my kids. I'm not feeding my kids and defects is, is going to the schools and, and pulling my kids out. And defects that's child protective services in it, Georgia. Is it, that right? Yeah, Department of Family and Children's Services. What that Thank is. you very okay. much. Yeah. <clears throat> so now they're trying to take my kids 
And then I, I guess one of the, the biggest blows uh, is when they show up, the, the police again, with a court order. And uh, the men get together and, and think that they could be my daughter's father. And uh, they serve me with custody papers. And I've got to go to court to defend this. This was a, a difficult because I had a smart ass cop to pull up. And he goes, well, you're going to lose your daughter. And I've got me and all the kids are out in the front yard playing frisbee trying to have a good day. Now, if you just picture, we're just trying to survive. We get in from school, you know, we, we have some, some Doritos and some peanut butter sandwiches, and we just go out and just throw in the Frisbee, just trying to survive. And then a cop pulls up, and he gets out like, you're going to lose your daughter. And he says that in front of my kids, and my daughter just falls out crying. Like, well, who am I going to live with? What's going on? It gives me these stacks of papers, and, and I, I'm looking through it, and it's photos of guys with my with my wife about the same time that they could have fathered my daughter. Well, now I got to go to court and the judge orders a DNA test. Um, probably one of the hardest, darkest days outside of, of, of that morning of what we've gone through is my daughter and I driving to go get a DNA test and, and her asking questions. Dad, what's going to happen if tomorrow one of these guys is my dad? I don't want to go live with a stranger. And, and I'm thinking you're, you're not, you are absolutely not. I, I, I don't know who these guys are. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they're pedophiles. I don't know nothing, but I'm your dad. I raised you. I was the first person to see you come into this world. First person to hold you. I gave you to your mother. You're not going to live with somebody else. I didn't put it in the book, but I mean, I, I was calling to find out why countries don't extradite, you know? I, my, my daughter's not going to, so we go down there, we are crying. I call my pastor. I'm like, anybody that can pray, pray. I don't care what you pray to or who you pray to. Everybody pray. So we go down, man, it's coming a flood, probably one of the worst storms, which ironically, you know, we're going through the windshield wipers, won't even get the water off. My daughter and I was crying her eyes out. We go in, we, we, we sit down and the sweet little lady that's having to swab us, Lexi's in my lap and she's swabbing both of her jaws and she's crying we're crying that night, that night I didn't sleep at all. I mean, absolutely did not sleep. And, um, yeah, I'm up, my, my stomach's tore up. I'm, yeah, if I drink water, I throw up worried about the next morning going to court. We go walking in. I see these guys parading in and they're, they're smiling and laughing. They slept good last night. They're not worried about a damn thing. And, uh, I'm, I'm going in there and I've got my daughter and I've got my lawyers and my phone rings and it's the lady from the DNA. And she says, no, sir, I, I'm not supposed to do this. I could get fired, but the courier's on the way up to the courthouse right now to, to give that paper to the judge. But I just had, she said, I sat up with you all night last night, just praying. And uh, she said, I need to let you know that you're that baby's daddy. <laughs> I want to I want to throw my hands up. I mean, I, I, I thought that that's what the answer was, but I want to celebrate right now. Um, that sounds like. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine finally getting some good news <laughs> is what it sounds like. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, what was the timeline here? How long was it uh, between her death and this part happening? Um, this right here would have been probably about a, a year, year and a half when we're, we're drug into court. Uh, but we, we were constantly bombarded by these people. Yeah. 
I mean, court, court after court after court. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, it, it was hell. And it, anybody that I ever uh, tried to go out on a date with to fill that void and that emptiness, uh, if I didn't date them a second time, they would run to these websites. You know, so I, I, I created more of a hell for myself, too, uh, just trying to stop hurting or be normal. Uh, so, so life was in a vacuum for quite a while. Yeah. And I do want to ask you, you said that like the kids changed at school, they might've played sports and then quit. Um, can we talk about them a, a little bit? I mean, it's, it's not just your daughter. You said that the, the boys also looked at her as a, as a mother-like figure. How are they doing? Um, going through at this time, they were struggling. I had, uh, three easy uh, D1 athletes. You know, uh, my, my oldest son was being looked at in seventh and eighth grade, uh, walked away from scholarships to stay with me uh, because of my struggles and the nightmares, refused to, refused to leave. Um, and I feel a lot of, a lot of guilt and a lot of hurt yeah. over that. Um, the, I had to pull the kids out of schools, transfer schools, put them into Christian schools where I could control the defects and the, the bombardment and the people that was coming in and out uh, because the private school is a lot more secure uh, and, and, and they'll call the parent. <laughs> they don't, they don't pull your kid out, question your kids and then the parents don't even know about it. Um, sure. So yeah, it affected them. Uh, my, my two oldest ones, they were, they're boxers, they're football players, uh, basketball. Uh, all of them just quit, walked away from sports because on the, on their teams, the practice, the comments, the, um, the, the things that happened, it, it become more than just playing a sport and having fun. Yeah. So it's a, it's a small community, right? It is. And I grew up in a town of under a thousand people. I mean, there, there ain't no secrets yeah, in right. a small town, let alone something. I mean, the, when, when this is happening and I'm sure that there was, was there a media presence at all, or was it all <coughs> social media? Because of the campaign that they took, and uh, I mean they're, they're paying social media ads, getting it out. They're calling the local <laughs> news. Uh, we woke up in the morning to have the, our our local news affiliates in our face and following us, and uh, then they started doing the shows. Um, you know, we're not we're not saying that it's murder, but we're saying there's questions. Uh, and then they start twisting things. And, you know, when, once they get a hold of it, man, they, they will find any little thing that don't make sense to them, and they will they will throw it out on social media. Look, don't this look? This looks odd to us. Well, obviously, if the police aren't doing something, you know, they got all the facts. But here you are sitting sitting in your you know your living room, and you got everything figured out. And but they will create shit with with no knowledge of anything and try to destroy people. And that's what they were doing. Sure. I'm I'm still at a loss, Andy. This this is this has been particularly hard for me because of the parallels and like I said it's not about me but my ex was selling a future to these men. Yeah. She was engaged to one of them. She wore his ring. The other one they were looking at apartments in North Carolina and I can only imagine how many others there were. There there is no way it was only these two in my 15 years with her. There's flat out no and i would say that i'm lucky the way that i figured it out and 
I do, I don't, I tend not to ask questions because I'm never going to get an answer that does anything for me, even in my head. I, it's like, I don't wonder things because it's, it's just, it's too much. But the t- scenarios that you're talking about have played through my head. They they have, because I don't know what, what this woman was capable of. I don't know what these men were capable of. And I just sometimes am just so thankful that, that it unraveled the way it did because I, and I still expect the police to show up at my door one day. If I'm being perfectly honest, I still expect her to piss off the wrong person and get herself in a lot of trouble. And as the ex-husband have someone show up at my door, I think about that. Uh And I mean, you've got a reality that's, just, just I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I'm, I'm struggling through this. So, Dan, if you've got any questions, throw it out. I do have a couple questions. One, thank you for sharing, Andy. This is, and, and, and my heart goes out to you and your family. Um, and I'm glad you're still here. And I'm glad your kids are still here. And it sounds like you're a hell of a dad. Thank you. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you. Um. I'm one that generally views the world as people aren't evil. They do what they do um, generally for their own, uh, for their own benefit um, with, and they do the best they can with the information they have. Is there a compassionate view that we could take of your wife that you've taken of your wife? And I, I mean, without a doubt, she has left you with, more than an absolute mess and in dangerous positions for you, for your family, for your kids. And there's no doubt about that. Is she a lady who in retrospect found, you know, that she needed more than just one partner. There are plenty of people that are now polyamorous that live that way. Do you think maybe that's a life that she could have been happy with? in a way that she could be open and honest about with all of her partners. Um, but she didn't live in a place or a time that that was possible. Um, I don't, I, I I'm, I'm just trying to think of a way that this story makes sense to me. That includes the loving wife that wanted you to have a good memory. The last, you know, 24 hours you guys were together. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, especially with, with today's society and how, how times have changed from, um, you know, on TV, you know, you got a husband and wife sleeping in two different beds to where we are now. And there, there's nothing really sense. <laughs> I understand. Um, with, with Heather, to, to, to best answer that, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a little quick about her. I think her, her greatest gift was also her biggest curse. She was an extremely beautiful woman, had a a personality. She walked into any room, she could light it up and would automatically draw everybody to her. Uh, just talking, those, she just had an energy. It was I those think, elf shoes, man. Yeah, but <laughs> a lot of this was was uh, um, not not so much. She wanted to have a, or she would have been happy living a, a lifestyle with uh, with an open marriage or an open relationship was. 
I think she probably really got off more on the secretive and the sneaking and uh, the being able to control everybody without anybody else knowing. Um, now, I have no way to know really what goes in her, in her mind. Yeah. Uh, but to me, and, and knowing her as, as well as I did, I would say that's probably what excited her the most is that I've got this husband and this family. They have no clue. Uh, you know, kind of spy-like, you know. Yep. Um, that's probably the thrill for her. Yeah, and speaking of, I know Dan just asked a question that would have you speaking on behalf of her a little bit. Do you do you still have questions? Do you still wonder about the whys and all of that? Or, I mean, because for me, it's just too much energy to do that, and no no answers that I'll ever find. Yeah, for for a long time. Um, I, I, I sought that, you know, I, I had no answers, uh, at, at all. You know, people say, well, why did she do this? I'm like, well, hell, I don't know. It's, you know, and, and then when the, the websites and the attacks and there were so many come up, they'd say, well, people out there felt like they were owed answers. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, who, who are you? We don't, you're not owed anything. You know, this is our family. We don't owe you a thing. But I also didn't have my answers either. Neither did the children. And for a long time, I did seek it. Uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to find out, you know, what was happening. Now I'm not. Uh, now I just want to move on and, and find a state of happiness. Um, take take our family now and, and go uh, to a place where this is behind us. Uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe you can understand this, Scott. And man, I, I hate what happened to you, especially the parallels. Um, yeah, you, you. you know, for anybody to feel even remotely what, what I felt in those darkest days, man, my, my heart goes out to you. Uh, but I just want to get to a place in life. Uh, you know, I, I turned 50 in December where I can just go. If that makes sense, I just want to have yeah. that where I can just breathe and, and just release and not feel stressed. You know, and, and know that my kids are okay, that the family's okay, and and just just enjoy the the, the latter days of my life. Yeah, I, and man, you deserve it. Uh, how long has it been since all of this happened? I, I I think that was lost on me. Like, what's what's the timeline? How long have you been recovering here? Uh, six and a half years. Six and a half years, and I mean, you still need that moment to to get back to what you'd consider normal or be able to relax or be relieved. But like, where, where are you at today? I mean, like, is this, do you feel like things are kind of back to normal at this point? Oh no, I don't think, I don't think ever, we will ever be back to a norm. We're creating sure. a, a new norm. <laughs> like, even now we still go out to restaurants and, and, uh, and, and get eyed. My, my kids are still discriminated on in school. Um, uh, People still make make comments. Uh, it's not like it was, uh, especially since the book come out. We've got a much bigger platform. Yeah. Uh, the, the book going into a movie, so we're we're, we're a lot bigger voice than, than they are. There's really only about ten of them, and then they got their their little you know as it rolls down the hill. So we're 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 larger than they are. Uh, yeah, so yeah. our voice heard bigger than, than theirs, which the, that's what that's what the the family needed. But for so long, you know, we, we go in and sit down in a longhorn and strangers would come up and be like, yeah, Yo, you're the guy that killed his wife and I'm having to catch my son 
for not whoop his ass and in there, you know. Uh, yeah. So we, that, that's it's gone from that to now they'll just look at us, you know, yeah. or, or or they'll avoid us, and uh, which is also hurtful because I've lost thirty year friends through this. Yeah. So uh, we're we're creating a, a very small bubble. Uh, we we bought a lot of land out in in Cedar Town. Uh, we're building a our farm, uh, Garage Dominium uh, is up, about to build a house, and I'm gonna put all the kids out there, and we're gonna wall that up. <laughs> it may, it may be a, a, a David Koresh Davidian type conference <laughs> our family, but everybody else stay out. We'll, we'll, we'll live our life happily. Uh, all right, I was gonna go more towards a castle, uh, but you want a compound for that some cultists uh, started, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean, though. So I, 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 I would recommend a moat, maybe some alligators inside of it. I think you, you're on. And, and you know what? I would recommend this for anyone just to keep people away. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. <laughs> we, we have trespassers out there now on our land. It's sad how, uh, how people still gravitate to this and, uh, and will hate. So, yeah, we need a moat and alligators and yeah. big dogs. <laughs> but so you wrote the book and you said you wrote, this was a family effort um i think that's really it, cool what was that like i mean did did everyone help like the even Everybody. the three boys and okay what what was what was that experience like How my my daughter and uh and my new wife we all wrote it uh the, the experience was 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 difficult uh it, yeah. it was not an easy task uh on the anniversary of, of Heather's death, Lexi and I was writing the chapter about her dying. Um, it just happened to fall that way. Um, so uh, it, it, it was hard to, to get all of that out and to relive that. But it was also liberating to tell the story because we had to be quiet. We had lawyers say, man, look, be quiet. Don't give anybody anything to say about you. Um, they're already, you know, the, the death threats are coming in. Just be quiet. Yeah. Um, so to finally speak out felt good. I was going to say it, it had to feel good. And did it feel good as you were writing it though? I mean, it, I'm sure there were hard parts. I'm sure it brought up a lot, but it did, did it feel like you were working up to something that was going to be good for you? It did. Um, because I was trying, I was looking down the road. Um, and I've had, um, uh, since the books come out, I've had people call that was saying, Hey, look, I was thinking about, killing myself but i read this and i would never want to do this to my family i've already seen lives helped and that's amazing their, their that families. is one of the coolest things that i've i've heard and i say it a lot it's like i wouldn't recommend how you got here but to be able to have an impact on people's lives like that is for for me, and I think I'm speaking for Dan as well, has been such an incredibly fulfilling thing. And we haven't had anyone say, "Hey, I was, you know, suicidal, and you helped me through it." So if you've heard that, I mean, hell yes, that that sounds. I I couldn't imagine hearing like a better thing. I mean, well, I, I probably could, <laughs> but that is some meaningful stuff, and I I think it's wonderful that you have taken this. And you're turning it into your legacy. And you mentioned a movie. Well, what's that about? I mean, not, yeah. not the topic. I know it's about this, <laughs> but tell me a little bit about the movie. The uh, um, I've got to be careful with the NDA rights on this. We have uh, uh, the movie rights have been bought out to to the book to tell the story of, of the book. Okay. Um, 
And uh, it looks like it's uh, it's about to get turned in, not just to a two hour movie, but a twelve hour miniseries that uh, that'll be streaming. Um, that that is currently in the process because you can't tell all of this in two hours. Yeah, uh, so, I, I mean we're trying to tell it in less than an hour, so <laughs> I get there, it. there's so much there, and, and it touches so many different facets from uh, not just suicide, but there, there's there's a, a faith journey in this to mm-hmm. uh, de- dealing with the you know corruption. Uh, there's a uh, you know the, the 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 bullying the social media there's a there, there's a lot that's here mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then how we come through it because we we never gave up you know and uh, uh, we didn't just roll over and hell was, uh, I brought my kids in and I was like you know I I I may not be perfect and I, I made a mm-hmm. lot of mistakes going through here but by God we're coming out the other side of this. Well, it sounds like. Your kids were brought into this, and you, not by your choice, but you guys found a way to heal together. And and it's, uh, I mean, to me, I'm hearing a family that's tighter than than most families that I hear about. And, you know, there's some silver linings here. I, again, would never, ever, ever, I'm sure that you would rather have your life always being normal. But if this shit's going to happen... I'm so happy for you. And this, this, you know, you're just, you're passing the decent fucking human test is basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm extraordinarily impressed with this. So um, is there anything that you have learned along the way that, that you'd kind of like to share with the audience? Yeah. I guess the, uh, the, the most important thing that I've learned through this is, is the importance of a family and, uh, and, and your kids. Um. I, I was raised that way, very strict, and, and people too. Um, when I when I was uh, going through college, I, I was told that you may have two good friends in your entire life, and and I thought that was crazy because I was surrounded by people my entire life. I always had, I mean, I had a lot of friends until this happened, and then I realized how true that was. Yeah, and I've had I've had very few people that that showed that they were solid, but the ones that are solid hold on to them. And uh, keep keep them very close, no matter what. And uh, and and be that friend. Don't uh, don't don't be the friend that runs or that listens, uh, but uh, but judge people based on what they show you, not on what you ever hear. That those are great words, and I will say that people disappear from others' lives for a lot less than what you went through, and. I can't comprehend it either and try to keep only the best motherfuckers I can in my life. So Dan right here is one of those people. So I am very thankful for having a few of those friends. Hopefully I never have to test it the way, the way that you did. Um, but it's kind of incredible. The the story you just told, and I can't understand why people disappear or aren't there for their friends, but you've got a hell of a family. It sounds like, and I commend you on everything the way that that you've done up until this point, and I'm excited to. I, I will tell you, my mom bought the book. I have not; she has not read it yet, or she hasn't told me if she's read it yet. I intend to buy the book as well. I'm sorry that I haven't yet. Oh man, uh, we but, are getting your mom on at least for a, a, a quick book review on Instagram. <laughs> That's gotta happen. I I think so. I know, but I would like this for everybody we do pop up book clubs um for okay. anybody in any city if uh if people get together and uh they, they read the book 
uh, when it's after a month, uh, everybody gets together. Our family will do a Zoom call with them to answer questions, to go through all of us. We will, Every one of us will sit down and, uh-huh. uh, and do the book clubs with you when you read it to answer anything to go through. Even uh, you know, my, my daughter, she, uh, um, she has a whole lot when, uh, when you start asking questions about those. Yeah. Well, let's do a uh, positively terrible book club. <laughs> Anybody wants so. to do it, I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm in. My mom would be in. I know, and I I know that we've got other listeners who would be in, and that sounds really fucking cool. So I I think we should try to organize this for sure, Dan, uh, and and Andy, of course. Um, but Andy, it's been great having you on. Uh, thank you so much. You've been an incredible guest. Uh, and I'm just, I'm so glad that you're able to do things, uh, like you've done and write the book, but especially grateful that you've come on the show today. So thank you so much. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for helping us tell our story to, to help other people. Thank you. All right, for sure. And, uh, one more time, the name of the book, uh, who turned up the silence, right? And that's That's by Andy Turner. Uh, I know that you can get it on Amazon. I'm uh, not sure about your local mom and pop retailers, but usually they'll order books if they don't have them. So, Andy, what's the best place for us to get it? If we're going to give you the maximum amount of dollars, where should we order from? You can contact me directly. Uh, you can go to um, colorfulcrowpublishing.com. Um, I've got I've got stacks in my garage right now that I will uh, and the kids we will sign and ship them out overnight mm-hmm. to you. Um, but it's also on Amazon, Walmart.com, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million. Uh, the audio version is out, um, and we're about to do the Audible. We're about to record it. Oh wow! Awesome. Yeah. Are you, are you reading it, or do they have a uh, Samuel L. Jackson or some great voice? <laughs> I would love Samuel L. Jackson to read. <laughs> Going to read it. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. This has been really fun today. Uh, one last time, I'm so sorry that you've been through this, but glad you have gotten through it to the extent you have. Um, you've been a great guest. You, I, I think I already said it. You passed the decent fucking human test. Uh, Dan and I are just so grateful and honored and humbled by your willingness to share. Um, with us, our terrible listeners, uh, with everyone. So thank you again. And as always, today has been absolutely, positively terrible. I met you back at Tonica's fest. I confess I was nervous and stressed because I thought you were the best. I was right. And that night we got into a water fight that I won. I shot you in the
I was nervous and stressed because I thought you were the best I was right.